Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 214. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Um, chugging away here in quarantine and uh, in Florida in the non-quarantine. This is the land of lawlessness, as everybody's heard. Really not that bad down here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess where you are isn't as bad, but other places... I guess was it Tampa or was it my, I guess Miami was the worst spot, right? Miami's probably Florida. the worst spot, but anywhere you get a lot of people that come in and out like to the country and Miami is a big, big place where people come in and out is just, um, and it's a vacation place. I mean, even here is pretty, you know, here, Orlando, anywhere you get people from around the country coming to see shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Didn't Disney world just open this week? They just opened up. This is the time I went to the uh, Clearwater is redoing the aquarium here. So I just went to the aquarium last week and um, it was great. They like social distance. You got to like book a time to get in. It's all very civilized. Like it's not crowded. You get to see everything. You move in, you move out. And it's like, it's the way humans should be, should treat each other, you know? So it was kind of cool. Interesting. And now that we got the stigma, there's a lot of people like, oh, I don't want to go down to Florida. I'll get COVID. And I'm like, good. We can't get less people on the beach. That's fine. We actually have friends who went down there a few weeks ago to get out of this area. They have family in the Miami area. They took a an auto train from oh, yeah. New Jersey. I forget where, maybe Pennsylvania. I forget where the auto train leaves from because there's only one. Right. And it took it from up here down to some weird town in Florida, near Orlando, I think. So you bring your own car and they booked a private, you know, chambers, quarters, whatever you call it, on the train. So they were in their chambers the whole time, which is only like two days. It's not that long of a time. And you get into your car and you go. So it's kind of a, it's not a bad way to do it. No. The problem is they got down there. And our uh, our friend's mother went to the dentist, and the dentist tested uh, positive for COVID. Oh, she, her husband, their two and a half year old son, and her dad all got sick, and her dad's still in the hospital. Wow! And I think it's because of the fucking dentist. So, damn, this really says just don't go to the fucking dentist, man. If there's one thing you're gonna blow off in the during the pandemic, it's going to him, her, it. <laughs> Dentist. All about the, I know you're just playing all the numbers about being in contact with somebody or something being there. I've been a dentist twice already since they reopened. And it's very like the dentist I go to is like, it's a nice dentist. They were like, you wait in the car, they come get you and they call you and you come from the car to go in. Like, cause they don't want anybody in the waiting room. You go right into the room, you get cleaning done. I had to get uh, a deep cleaning done. So I had to go back another time and it was all fine, but I was still a little weary. I was like, somebody has COVID in here. So I went right when they opened. Cause I'm like, I want to make sure that I get in before the COVID people get in there. I just picture you having like just multiple cans of Lysol, like just spraying <laughs> as you walk. It's like, I you know, my germophobia is, is doing well. I mean, I like the fact that I'm a little more cautious. Especially right now. Yep. Everybody's trying to catch up to me right now. <laughs> That's right. You're living in 2022. <laughs> We're also back in 2019. 
there have been many times I've sat on a plane and <laughs> Melanie knows this. I've looked at her and be like, I really wish I had a mask on right now. Ugh. Cause there's people that smell or are coughing or sneezing on the plane. And you're like, I just don't want it. I don't, maybe I won't get sick. I just don't want their germs. Yeah. I think the worst thing in this whole pandemic is that everyone is starting to make up their own rules. So yeah. you see some people with masks, some people with their nose hanging out of their mask, some people with gloves, some people without gloves. Like everyone's just goes, Oh, well I heard this. So I'm going to do this. And it's rare that people are revisiting what's the latest information because for a while, it's just like after a disaster happens, like think about nine 11, it was like, Oh, another plane hit the white house. Another plane hit this and did that. It's like, well, everyone just started, they couldn't fact check. They just heard something. They stuck with it. They started telling everybody else and it becomes kind of craziness. But it's same thing with this. Like, Oh, I heard in April that you should do this and do this. And and it's like, and the, the WHO, the CDC, the president, the everybody, they've all kind of changed their narrative a few times during this. It's, it's really just a weird time, man. I don't know what the fuck to do anymore. I just raw dog it. Just go with nothing. I just go naked. It's just easier to go naked. I just do full on. I wear the mask all the time. Uh, I don't wear gloves. I'm not that like super sensitive. Well, they say Uh, the gloves can cause, can cause cross contamination, which is, yeah. One of the worst things you could have happen. People think I have gloves. I could touch anything with it. It's like, yeah, you just touch this and then you touch that. Like I see like people like handle like, you know, um, you know, at the supermarket, they're like, they have the gloves and like they pack the bag for you. I'm like, I don't know. You haven't washed those gloves or changed them. <laughs> so yeah, they're doing right. no good. They're just not getting on your hands. So, yeah. Hey, whatever. You know, I, I think it's also just responsible. Like, I protect myself, but I also protect somebody else or at least make somebody else feel at ease. It's fine. You know, it's a little courtesy, but I see people, the best is they have the mask right around their chin, like a beard. It's like, Oh, you just don't want to wear it. But now it's like, you have to wear them in the stores here right now, which they're trying to fight a big lawyer. That's trying to fight civil rights now to, uh, to not have to enforce mandatory wearing of masks, which whatever might as well spit in each other's mouths. And I guess just making lawyers rich people. That's all we're doing. I mean, I understand what the point, but you know, at this time you want to push that point. Like, is it really important when the numbers are going up to push that point? So I don't know. Yeah. There's no right or wrong. I go back and forth too. Like I'm, I'm always, I try to be courteous. I'll wear my mask whenever I'm in a store or whatever. But then yesterday I went to the beach and I saw people walking on the beach with their masks. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? We're outside. They're like, UV light kills the virus. Like, that's one thing we do know. It's like, and guess where UV light comes from? The fucking sun. And you're on the fucking beach. You're going to get some UV killing stuff. If anything, they're keeping the, the bacteria in their mask, not hitting the sun. They should be laying their mask out in the sun. Yeah. And it's funny. I say that like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, which obviously I don't know, but not doctor. that's what I've heard. That's what I heard in April. <laughs> that's what I heard in April. It's heard in April. Listen, on CNN. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be right. Listen, I get all my news from Joe Rogan. He said, UV light, take some vitamin D. You'll be fine. Well, they're Not selling UV lights like crazy now. Like those yeah. little wands that sanitize. I was like, I was, I was flipping through the channels. I was watching HSN and they had the, the little UV light. And it's like, oh, the pocket one, you take it out, you could sanitize everything. I'm like, it looks like a great gimmick, but you're not going to take it out every time and sanitize everything. So 
Have they come out with a UV light dildo yet? It's coming. It's probably in the works. Uh, I like what you did there. (laughs) I like what you did there. It's like, I'd get, just get one for the front. You know, you just, you just light yourself up. You're like, this is going to kill it from the inside. Is that what Trump was talking about? He he was talking about UV light dildos. UV dildos. UV dildos. (laughs) It's like the room dough. The room dough. God damn it. That, I don't know why, but I was laughing my ass off about that that day. You like, it was a simpler time, folks. Go back to episode, what was that, like 13, 14? Simpler, simpler times. Yes. But we're here today. We're, we're marching on. We're powering on. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials twitter instagram facebook at ski bump podcast our favorite social media app untapped we are there we're there separately ski bump podcast is mario ski bump podcast no it's ski bump brian is me ski check bump that brian. out ski bump brian we're on youtube we're on twitter i always said twitter already stitcher what's itunes spotify iHeartRadio. We're all over the place. We're blowing up. Good things are happening. So thank you so much for checking out. Also, you have a shop. People have been buying stuff in the summer, which has been awesome. Skibonpodcast.com slash shop. If you want to help us out, you want to subscribe and rate us, that would really help. And as well, we have our support tab. We're trying to do a few new things. We hope to have Patreon set up this uh, this fall, but we have our PayPal set up. So it's on the support section on the site, skibumpodcast.com slash support. If you want to hook us up, help us out, we'd appreciate that. But we do appreciate you listening. And if you want to hit us up, send us an email, uh, hate mail, love mail. We've get them, we've getting them both. So we finally podcast. a little bit of hate mail. It's kind of feels nice. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. It just means people are listening. And you know what? I'm 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 sick of being told how wonderful we are. It's nice to hear people giving us a little bit of uh, criticism because you know what? I think with criticism, it makes us think. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I think you that's that something in society where right now everyone's got a megaphone and no one's listening. Everyone's just yelling. And I think it's nice to have, take a step back and to reflect upon what we are talking about and hear others' opinions and and see what we how we're rubbing people. So yeah. if you want to rub us, Steve on podcast at gmail.com. Either way. Rub away. Rub away. All right. So with that, Mario, well, let's kick it off. It's time for our pray today. All right, so <clears throat> my Opry today is very special. I actually went to a brewery that they've been open up throughout the whole COVID thing. They did a unique thing. They have their brewery and then across, well, they have their tap room and across the street is their brewery. And outside of the brewery, on the back side of their brewery, they have this window because the Pinellas Trail where you ride bikes and uh, run is right there. So a lot of people will walk or ride the trail and they'll stop for, you know, beer or coffee or something like that. And they actually have both beer and coffee. Um, and now they have like a pizza truck is there. And like, so they built this whole outdoor area right along the Pinellas, like the bike trail, right up against their, um, I guess their brewery. This is, that's where they actually brew and they have this big window and you can order from there. You can't actually go up to the window. You got to be like, 
you got to reach way far over. It's the most bizarre thing, but I guess to keep a little distance, um, and you could buy beer there. So, uh, I actually went there and then there was another brewery that we went to. And, uh, this was just last week. And, um, I saw this sitting on a table and I was like, Hey, do you guys have a special? And they're like, yeah, this is one of the ones that we, uh, we brewed. So this is from Dunning brewery. Um, and it's called local honey. And here's the bottle. It's a big bottle. Local honey. That's a pretty cool bottle. It's aged in Chardonnay barrels. Ooh. It is. What kind of beer is it? I'm not trying to think. They just say aged in. It could be honey. No. (laughs) (laughs) Mead? Could be mead. I know they do make mead here. There's a local meadery I found out near me. Is there? I got to check that out. Well, I can't actually open this with this stupid can opener, with this bottle opener, because it stinks. So I got to go get another bottle opener. Oh, boy. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Well, apparently, we're going to have to edit this out, because Mario is having technical difficulties with his bottle opener. I don't know if you can see. I can't even see it. I always have a bottle opener. Up there it is, on the wall behind me. My wall of power tools and growlers also consists of a Gosling's bottle opener because it's always important to have a backup bottle opener because you never know when one breaks Ah. down. You got to have them in your flip-flops, like those those reef flip-flops with the bottle opener. I've noticed a lot of zippers these days. They're starting to put bottle openers on zippers. This is one of those. This is one of those things. So I, when I did the Grand Fondo, they give you the metal at the end. Mm-hmm. That's actually a bottle opener. And this is the one that fails because just the way it's positioned, it's too thick. So yeah. Maybe too bendy, right? If, if it wasn't. Yeah. It's any thinner than that, right? And now I got the regular bottle opener and this works. This is the there old fashioned go. one. Um, Looks ooh, like it's a good t- note. Like a talon, that thing. Yeah. I'm pouring it into a nice Reitzenhof glass. Oh, you've been rocking those a lot lately, huh? Black and white one with the king. I like this one, king and the queen. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, these glasses are uh, pretty neat. So I got to look this up because this is not, I think this, Agent Chardonnay, I think it might be pale. Let's see. Oh, Untapped has it already. Look at that. Tapped on Untapped. They just call it a strong ale, so there's not really a classification for it. Strong ale. Yeah. Strong strong. strong ale American. That's it. Strong strong American ale. Brewed with raw Florida wildflower honey. Um they don't have an they don't have an IBU rating on it, I guess because it's really mainly honey flavor. Uh 8.3% ABV. Eight it smells like three percent. Wow, it smells a lot like Chardonnay. Hmm. So you smell a little honey, but I smell Chardonnay there, which is kind of cool because it's a beer that smells like a wine. Oh, this is interesting. This is really good. Um, I taste a little hint of honey. I taste a lot of Chardonnay. Um, I don't taste too much beer. This tastes almost like a uh, almost like a carbonated Chardonnay. Hmm. Not oaky or anything, but not really sweet. Um, definitely not sweet, but you could tell there's a lot of alcohol in it just from the 
I don't know the just the flavor you can tell. It almost tastes like a triple. Oh wow! You know how those okay. get a little like syrup yeast flavor that it has. Yeah, the yeasty. It tastes very like heavy, like that. Okay. Uh, really good. Uh, I'm surprised that they brewed something like this. So, they're a local brewery here. Dunedin is a really cool town. There's probably like in I'd say a one or two mile square radius. There's probably like eight breweries in that little area and there's a really cool bike trail that goes through there. So I bike up there. Uh, it's known for having a lot of festivals and they have a cool little downtown and stuff. So definitely Brian, if you come down here, we'll go down there and you're able to sample like, you know, I think within a few blocks, like four or five breweries are right there. So, and some really good, really legit. So nice. Yeah. I think you've talked about Dunedin a couple times on the podcast and yeah, the, the Pinellas trail there going up into that area, which is great. That's so cool to have that, that kind of access. Good. Fine. I mean, if I get another one of these, I'm going to have to send it to you. Very interesting. Yeah. Very good. All right. What do you got? Cool. This summer I've been talking a lot about my quest for more drinkable, lighter beers. Cause you know, Usually we're always talking about the double IPAs, those those monsters that we love so much. And one of the things that I love in a beer in the summertime is just, I love watermelon. It's one of my favorite goddamn things to eat. I love mixing it into drinks. Oh, I did, by the way, I did make, under your advice, a watermelon margarita. Yes. They were delicious. Melanie and I had a few of them, and I think we've been eating at least a watermelon a week. Dude, I have weeks. we have a watermelon that was just cut up yesterday, and there's two on the counter right now, ready to go. Like I gotta have at least one in the reserve, maybe. And then I got two. Trader Joe's, at least the one by me today, they have a chart on the watermelon box that says like all the different you know things to look for nice. in a watermelon. You know, some people knock on it, some people smell the part of the watermelon. People just have all kinds of different techniques, but they were showing if it has that like brownish spot, which I guess that's where it would be sitting on the ground. They said that's a sign of sweetness. I don't know. They were talking about the different patterns in it, like the veins on it, like the darker green. The certain ones. Yeah, they were saying like what everything means. And I'm talking to the the guy because they had the, they limited the number of people that can go in the store at a time to like 30. So we were all in line waiting to get in. I'm ready to grab a watermelon. I'm like, I don't like this one. I grabbed a different one. And the guy's like, oh, that one looks kind of weird. Like, want to check out this one here. And I'm like, I'm looking at the chart and it's got the yellow mark and it's supposed to be a positive. And the lady behind me is like, yeah. She's like, I've been burned by that chart sometimes. Like, uh, it's such a crapshoot. Like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. That's why it's good to have somebody that knows their stuff if they work there. They're like, these are the good watermelons. So they'll like get you, you know. This is good fruit. I just, I just want to know what the hell to look for. I I try to make sure it's hard and heavy. Those I just make sure things. it's not rotting. And then I just buy it and open it up. And either I'm surprised or disappointed. And <laughs> what a difference cold watermelon versus room temperature watermelon is. 100%. Like room temperature, you're like, Ugh, this tastes like, I mean, not bad, but it's just, it's not yeah. as good as cold. It's got to be cold ass watermelon. Summer treat. Like you're out. Like I remember as a little kid, we cut a watermelon up, we'd be out like by the pool and like, or running around in a sprinkler and just like 
whatever. I, I, I was probably in like tidy whities running around in a sprinkler and I'm eating a watermelon. I love watermelon. Just eating it. It's just the goddamn best. Oh yeah. It's just the best. And now that we have seedless, I mean, it's not even fair. I mean, people want to bitch about, you know, all the problems we have in the world right now. We have seedless motherfucking watermelons. Like things really aren't that bad. We're going to be all right. But it's funny. You cut open the seedless the first time. You're like, the fuck there's seeds in here. Yeah. There's just like four white white ones or one little. Yeah. The the Trader Joe's chart, chart. The Trader Joe's chart was showing that. Well, they were showing the difference between a a male and female watermelon too. Really? Is there a penis on one? (laughs) Yes. There's just a giant dick that comes out of it when you cut it open. Jesus. (laughs) I don't know how many genders of watermelons there are. Oh, yes. Multiple genders, right? I don't know if we actually asked the watermelon what its gender was yet. I mean, I think it's really very fair. Particular type of watermelon. I don't know. But anyway, watermelon, big fan. And over the last couple of years, I've been trying to find watermelon beers that I like. And the only one that was that I liked enough Hell to buy Heller High Watermelon by 21st with 21st Amendment Brewing. Yeah. But you know what? That's a wheat beer. And I don't I don't love wheat beers that much. They're okay. Taste. I don't know. It's that wheat just I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know. I try to. I try to be a little. I don't know. Is gluten free a word? Is that we're still talking about that kind of crap? I don't um, know. But the way the wheat gets to it gets to me. Like I don't love the way I feel after having a bunch of wheat, whether it's yeah. beer or food. But I was in the store a couple of weeks ago, and I've talked about in the podcast how I I was going to eventually release the beer that I found, tell you guys about it because I did like it so much, and it was kind of a roll of the dice. I was just looking around trying to find something, and again looking for those lighter summer beers. And there is a brewery in New Jersey on the Delaware River called River Horse. And River Horse Brewery. Yeah, they're known for their like summer blonde. It's kind of like one of their, their bigger beers. But they're, you know, they're a pretty decent sized brewery right now. And I saw this beer and I'm like, this checked all the boxes that I was looking for. It was a Kolsch style watermelon ale. Coming in at a nice low 4.1%. Nice. It's called the Watermelon Kolsch. Oh, nice. And I got to tell you, this is a perfect, perfect summer beer. It's Mm. light. I love the Kolsch flavor. That's a uh, Köln, Germany. That's like where they they brew that style of beer. And so it's a light, refreshing ale and just a little bit of watermelon flavor. I give it to Andrea. She's like, I don't taste watermelon. I'm like, really? Like you have like this amazing nose and sense of taste and smell and you do not get in the watermelon. It's just enough. Like it's not overwhelming. It's not overly sweet. It's not like one of those like Leinenkugel shandies where it's just super sweet. This is like like fake sweetener and fake like flavor to some of those. I don't know. They'll put all kinds of crazy crap in beer these days. But this one, like this beer, you can have like five of them and you're like feeling good. You know, you just, they're a great lawnmower beer. They're great sitting outside in the uh, summertime, quarantining, having a party. It's the heavy machinery beer of choice. It's the heavy machinery beer of choice. I mean, Steve had one of these after mountain biking a few weeks ago in the parking lot illegally. It was great. Like this is just a nice summer refreshing beer that's good yeah so i i I love this beer like i i bought 
I think I bought three or four six packs of it, so I should be set for the summer. I think. Nice. Yeah, you know the um, having something a little bit lighter is good. So yesterday we were tailgating in a parking lot before hockey tryouts. Let's put it that way. And <laughs> that sounds like that one. It's always sunny in Philadelphia where they're tailgating the uh, the the guys from the pub are trying out for the Eagles. Yeah. They were tailgating there and Frank's it was kind of like that, like, acid. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. Um, but actually one of the hockey moms brought shots. Um she works in hospitality and she's like, Yeah, I brought I found shots in the uh thing. So she's like, if your kid scores or gets a um an assist, you have to do a shot. So she was making the other Jesus. moms do stuff. So uh Melanie had to do two of them. So I was like, that's good. Bodie's just a, uh, he's a superstar. Going to be getting hammered every time. That's it. Uh, God, they I'm left hoping. me at it. It was good. So I was like. So that must be, that must be a cool perspective to see now being like the, uh, you know, the parenty kind of role of yeah. the, uh, the hockey, like being like a hockey dad. Right. Yeah. I mean, like I played baseball, so I saw like all the baseball parents. Uh, I never really saw like, you know, little kids playing hockey. Cause it was like, it's always a rink. It's always very, like you go there for that specific thing. It's not like you're in a park and you say, Hey, they're playing baseball. You know, you got to go to a specific game. Well, so you um, see the, it's a lot more aggro, the parents too. Yes. It's uh, yep. Yep. Especially um, a lot of loser dads who didn't achieve anything, who try to take it out now uh, and try to make their kid the superstar. Right. Hockey tryouts. Melanie ran into one of the dads from like three years or four years back when Bodie played for like the, they have like a junior lightning team that's sponsored by the lightning. Mm-hmm. So he played for that team and they moved to the travel one. Uh, and that guy, I guess his kids still play there and they were talking and Melly's like, yeah, I remember you almost got in a fight in that tournament. He's like, yeah, this guy wanted to duke it out with me. He's like, I didn't want to duke it out. He's like, you know, he, he's like, I got a gun in the car. He's like, but I would never use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different, it's a different mentality. Dude, like, hockey parents are, they are, yeah, a different breed, man, than like any other sport. Last year we were at the uh, tournament in, um, in uh, Chicago, like the national, uh, it was a world tournament for CCM. And one of the parents from, it wasn't any of the teams that we were playing, but it was two games that were going at the same time. I guess in the parking lot, somebody didn't hold the door for somebody or walk and they were on the other team. And the mother is yelling at these other parent like this it's wild to see like a 50 year old woman rapidly yelling at somebody for some really stupid thing saying my son they're gonna beat you and and just cursing at this person it was just messed up i was like the ugly side of people come out so yeah it's pretty cool to see though yeah definitely entertaining i love that you're doing shots during kids hockey tryouts that's that's special right there it's like What's up? And That's actually, something you talk about on draft day, right? He gets drafted. So yesterday we were drinking. Uh, it was pretty, it was hot as balls out. So we're drinking outside, just having a few before we go in, whatever. It's the end of the day. So we wound up getting these high noons also. Have you had these before? Uh, I have not. No. I've seen these in the store. And actually some of the breweries that I go to will carry this because some people don't want the beer. So they carry usually, well, I'm carry like a wine and something else, maybe like a wine cooler. This is kind of like, but this is actually vodka and soda. And this is the black cherry one, but they have a watermelon one. They have all these other cool ones. They're only four and a half percent or 4.2. All right. So this is like your, your white claw, your other thing. 
Yeah, White Claw is like five. So this is a little bit less than White Claw. So it's pretty cool. Okay, nice. White Claw is a, a malt beverage. This is vodka and soda. So it's oh, like a mixed drink on the go. So I, I kind of actually, I thought it was going to be disgusting, but we got him. I was like, hey, that's not that, that bad. So. Nice. So no boxed wine? No boxed wine. Take, this story? take the first one. All right. So uh, first story we got while we're at Apre is uh, don't tell my wine snob friends uh, why Americans are buying more boxed wine during COVID-19. So boxed wines have been out for a long time, uh, but they're saying since COVID-19 began shutting down the economy, um, it it caused a panic over a bunch of things. And they're saying it caused a panic in alcohol as well. So even wine in a box, they said, wasn't, wasn't immune to the, to the panic. So they said people were loading up on boxed wine during, during the pandemic. They said the sales box wine sales jumped 36% uh, for a 15 week period, um, outplacing, uh, the 29% increase in overall retail wine sales. So I think it's economics. People are like, I'm going to be home man, and I don't want to keep going out getting bottles. Cause honestly you drink a bottle of wine. That's what four glasses, a bottle. But so 750 milliliters, right. Is a bottle of wine. Usually that's about four, like red wine. I usually get four, four full glasses of that. Sounds about right. Right. So now you buy a box that's buying like the, instead of the one liter, you're getting the two liter, you're getting the big boy. Is it two or three liters? The boxes? I don't know. I'm looking at the black box and that looks like I can't, I think it looks like three liters, a little bit, a little bit blurry. The picture. Yeah. I think it says three liters. That's a good amount. That's a very decent amount. So 750 milliliters. So it's not, so, so sixteen glasses then. Yeah, that's a lot. A lot more. That's a lot, and it holds for a little bit better too, right? Doesn't it like stay fresher, better in that box, like the uh, the bag in there? It's not exposed to the air, so when you pour it, the bag shrinks down, and then you, the stopper stops it. So there's no air, extra air, generally getting in. It's like a mini keg. Yeah, it's like a pony uh, wine wine keg, <laughs> pony keg. It's funny. Apparently, so, Franzia has five liter boxes. Damn, Franzia. Tour de Franzia. We keep talking about that. Tour de Franzia. Yeah. So they're saying um, it's popularity. So they're saying there's a stigma to, still, there's a stigma to boxed wine where people think it's generally cheaper. Uh, but I think we've seen over the years, there's a lot more, uh, there's a lot better wines that have come in the boxes. And even now, I'm sure. I know I've noticed it. You've probably noticed it too. They have those little like single glass of wine in a box now, which are pretty awesome. You come home from work, just want a glass of wine with dinner. I don't want to open a bottle. I just want a, want a glass. That's like the same, like it looks like a protein shake, right? Like one of those cardboard with the, the screw top. What? Don't it's like a juice box. Like don't, a juice box yeah. don't mix them up. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's like stabbing your straw into it. Like... Can you imagine you send your kid like with a juice box or with with a wine box by accident? You're like fuck! <laughs> you get a call like you did it again, Mister. Damn it! It's like, well, he didn't cause trouble in class after, did he? He just kind of fell asleep. Nap time. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's nap time, kid. Um, 
So, yeah, so they're saying, you know, there's still a stigma. So people were trying to keep it hush hush, but hey, they were in the store buying the shit out of it. So, um, dude, if your friends make fun of you for drinking box wine, they're loser friends anyway. Why do you give a shit? Exactly. Drink what exactly. you like. So they're saying other other brands have entered the market after Franzia, um, and they've grown for several reasons. So three liter boxes like those offered by con- competitor Boda Box also have exploded in set dur- in sales during the pandemic, rising seventy eight percent for that thirteen week period. Boom. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So everybody's looking for the big ass box too. It's like a keg, a wine keg. Seriously, man. Hey, I grew up. My first wine experience was Carlo Rossi in a jug. So. You know, well, they're saying a five liter box of Franzia contains roughly 34 five ounce glasses of wine for about 15 to $18, which is cheap as hell. Damn. They're saying three cents per glass. So even the premium three liter boxes retail only for around 20, which is the equivalent of four regular glass bottles. So if you put it in, a, in terms of buying a bottle of wine, I mean, you spend about 10 bucks on a bottle of wine, right? And there you go. You only get four glasses. So, all right. So it's all right. So let's go back to that. So there's 34 five ounce glasses in one of those five liter boxes. Five liter. So, all right. So I'm trying to do the math here. I'm trying to figure out what the value of like a three buck chuck would be then. Ah, so that's 750 milliliters. Well, that's what I'm saying. Four, uh, roughly four glasses, four or five ounce glasses. Divide that by 5.5, right? Because you got 5.5, 750 divided by 5.5. That's not right. I'm dealing with ounces and milliliters. That's the problem right there. That is yes. going to convert. That's not the good conversion. No. All right. So let's just call, let's call it four then. So four divided by three. So it's under a buck. It's at 70, 70 cents then or something, 75 cents. Yeah, compared to 53 cents, see? Yeah. And the fact you don't have to go out for a while because you got this big-ass box in your fridge. So, so really, I'm getting ripped off getting three-buck Chuck. Taking it right from behind. It's horrible. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Charles Shaw. Charles Shaw. Thanks, Trader Joe. <laughs> Which, wow. Trader Joe, I looked again this week because we have this whole thing going on near me one of the so there was a store that was uh it was lucky's market uh kroger went in part with them they built this big ass store and then they decided uh lucky's was overextending themselves were pulling out and they left this brand new store like the developer just stuck them with the store so uh there's like a lawsuit going on now but like everybody's speculating on like who's going to go in there so we've been trying to see if like there's going to be another aldi or we're hoping a Trader Joe's go in there, but um, hasn't happened yet. So everybody's like speculating wow. on that. But uh, Aldi and Trader Joe's are the same company. Well, two halves of the same company. Yeah, the same parent company. Well, you know what? If you are a Franzia fan and you're also a teen, it's a lot easier these days to be scoring because the... <laughs> Teens are apparently dressing up as grandmas to try to get alcohol. Genius. This is really, really goddamn funny. I would have done this shit when I was growing up. I'll tell you that right now. This is like a a no-brainer, right? Well, think about it. When Benjamin gets older, you'd be like, Benjamin, dress up and go get me some stuff from the store. That's, That's what it used to be when we were growing up. When I was growing up, 
dad give you like, here's, you know, here's a few bucks, go down to the store, get a six pack, just tell them it's for me. And they'd yeah, give right. it to you. They literally would give it to you. A simpler time. Like 12 years old. They'd be like, here you go, kid. Here's a six pack yeah. and some smoke. Okay. What they're saying is that Gen Z, what they're doing is they are, uh, they're dressing up as grandmas wearing coronavirus face masks. The prank has taken social media platform TikTok by storm with videos of users bedecked as booze hound bubbies, seemingly victorious, bottles in hand, racking up millions of views. That you get to go to a liquor store before you're 21, we're sure is just a bonus. PSA, use your fakes as much as possible because if you wear a mask, they can't see your whole face. LOL. Mm. You still have to have an ID to show, right? So you have to, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, usually, well, then again, you go to some places, they might just be like, eh, whatever. Exactly. You're supposed to only ID if they're under... If they look under a certain, see, that's another thing. It's very subjective, right? So they mm-hmm. ID anybody under the, that appears under the age of 30. That's all subjective. So there's, you know, there's loopholes around that. Yeah. Yeah. It says they, uh, you know, they, people would get gray wig, glasses, old person Halloween costume mask, then put your surgical mask on and gloves. And <laughs> one clip. Was- Why not? Right. The clip shows the gal returning from the mart with cans of four loco in tow, dancing with her friends while she sips, while she rips off her mask. Four loco. But that's the new four loco, not the original. Not the OG one that I have. Dude, those kids were like six when I bought that four loco. Dude, so that's the other thing I thought about with Wolf of Wall Street uh, because it was on today. I was watching it for some stupid reason because there's nothing else on. Um, They have that part of the movie where he's going to go to jail or something like that. So before he does, they want to take like the last quaalude. It's that scene that leads to the car, the, where he drives the car. <laughs> we were talking about that. So yeah. that's going to be like you and the four local. You're going to be like getting ready for it. Like you can't get ready for four loco. Not the original, not the OG one. Shower, shut off the phones, get ready for the experience, you know, wrap everything up. then take have the four loco and see what shit happens i'm gonna have to have someone like tie me down to the bed or something before i drink it you have to have a spotter you have to have a drinking spotter for the day spotter perhaps yeah um somebody bigger than you that can like hold me down (laughs) hold me down hold me back don't hold me back you can't hold me back all right that wraps up the old app parade today let's get into the genjula Gonzo's open for business again. Gonzo's back open, and we have one quick story. We've wet the whole Gonzo down. It's in good shape again. Right. Got our mask on. Yeah, study. History of cannabis use associated with lower BMI, greater exercise frequency in those age 60 and older. Hell yeah. So this was done uh, with a bunch of seniors in Boulder, Colorado. Mm. It's seniors who possess or uh, who use cannabis possess lower BMI body mass index and are more likely to frequently engage in exercise than our non-users, according to data published in the American Journal of Health and Behavior. Researchers with the University of Colorado at Boulder 
measured differences in BMI and exercise behavior in 28 cannabis consumers and 136 matched controls who participated in an eight-week exercise intervention trial. All of the subjects in the study were age 60 or older. Authors reported results of this analysis indicated that compared to older adult non-users, older adult cannabis users had lower BMI at the beginning of an exercise intervention intervention study engaged in more weekly exercise days during the intervention and were engaging in more exercise-related activities at the conclusion of the intervention. So I don't know what it is. It, it's just you look at all the stoner stereotypes we've seen over the years in movies. You know, like I just I just always go back to Half Baked, where they're showing guys just right. ordering pizzas and hanging out, and you know, like Jim Jim Brewer back in the day. Like that was that was like your classic, you know, stoner eating. You know, just hanging out. But this, like, it's so cool to see that this really, it's not necessarily that way. Like, you're out there, you're getting into nature, you're getting exercise, you're in better shape. And cannabis is just one of the, one of the tools to get you there. Well, it's really become more of a science than just somebody, you know, arbitrarily just taking some random stuff that they bought from a dealer on a corner. Right now you have pharmaceutically grown controlled, you have, um, you know, actual strains where, you know, uh, you know, what's in it and, and, you know, it's just so much better for you. What's well, the big thing? Like you said, I just remember back in high school, it's like, Hey man, we got some weed. It's like, well, and you look at this bag and you're like, what the hell is in that? You know, it could half be right now, half weed angel dust, a little bit of like infield dirt. Like there's just all kinds of crap in there. And now you go to a dispensary and you buy something there and it's just this, this beautiful plant that you're getting. Yeah. So that, that makes a really big difference. Yeah, You're not getting a cut with angel dust or PCP or something fucked up because you know, you're grown controlled su- substance, which is, it's good. You know, there's no other crap in there, but they've also gotten like better with like, they'll tell you what kind of terpenes are in there. So now it's all like, uh, there's a lot of stuff on terpenes and basically that's what drives a lot of the different strains to have different effects on people and everybody's body's different. And that's why certain, certain strains affect different people, you know, people differently because of the terpenes that are in there. So it's kind of, it's interesting that now we're able to apply science to it where before it was just so taboo, you can even look at it, you know? Yeah. And one interesting thing about this study too, I mean, it was done at, University of Colorado at Boulder and Boulder is known to be like a very outdoorsy town to begin with. And, you know, I'm sure most of these people are skiing, hiking, biking, running, doing all that kind of stuff anyway. So if you did that in like Mississippi, probably would have different results. Well, I got to say though, like, you know, people use marijuana and that's why it's been recognized medically because it helps with pain. It helps with joints. It helps with a lot of stuff, which keeps you from wanting to do stuff helps with your, your mood, you know, CBD. If you want to go that route, if you want to go a little THC, you know, you maybe get a little mood enhancement, maybe a little uplifter. Uh, so it's just very, it's, it's a lot better than it used to be. That's for sure. Dude. I know that I, I hadn't taken my CBD in like two weeks because, you know, I have, I've been kind of all over the place and having some 
some stuff going on. And I finally took it yesterday for the first time. And I'd gone for a nice long bike ride running with my son. And this morning, my joints felt so much better than they had in weeks. It's amazing what that stuff does. And the fact that people are still going out there and still refuting the evidence that CBD is, is helpful to people and can make a difference. It's just like we talked about before with the whole gloves and masks, like people just are not willing to open their minds and look at new information. And you know what? It's really their loss because a lot of people could really benefit from this that may have maybe kind of blocking it out unnecessarily. Yeah. If a doctor tells you to take some, some jerk off pharmaceutical, people were just going to take it willy nilly because the doctor told me to take it. You don't know that the doctor's getting paid off by that pharmaceutical company to push that product and that you're going to get addicted to three, four, five more pharmaceuticals after that because of it, all giving you a variety of side effects that all could be actually negatively affecting you. But a doctor told me to take it. And God knows doctors never do anything wrong. Oh, never. So I was partaking in some legal medical cannabis for my conditions. Have you been taking like all 1800 milligrams a day that you are allotted. So it's hilarious. They were, they were saying it was like 200 milligrams a day recommended. I'm like, I think that's a lot of fucking weed. I'm sorry. So I, you know, I've been taking a lot. So since I got my card, I've been taking CBD every day, which it's great because I have a good source of CBD. Um, And then, you know, I'll, I'll randomly, if I want a little mood uplifter, I'll take a little bit of a certain strain or, or I, you know, want to sleep, there's another strain I'll have, or sometimes I even vape the, um, the CBD with like a tiny bit of THC in it, uh, just to kind of take the edge off. And I get, I, you know, I got a shitty back and my back and neck are probably the worst things that I have to deal with, like arthritis and just injury and shit like that. So, um, yeah, I take it and I, I do feel a lot better. I do feel a little bit, of. It depends. So when they say, oh, this strain helps you with like energy. Yeah, it does. If you're not deprived of sleep. My problem is I'll run through and I'll get deprived of sleep and then I'll take it. And then that's why I always fall asleep. Now that I've actually started taking it and I, I've slept since I I started taking it, since I got my car and I started taking everything. uh, I got to say, I've slept the best I ever have since I was like five. Seriously? like dead to the world, like sleeping just out, which is, is great. You know, like tonight I have a few uh, drinks of alcohol, which is the other thing. I'm not drinking half as much alcohol. Cause I'm like, oh, I'll just take the edge off with a little, you know, little, little hit from a, from a vape, you know, or a little wow, tincture. I wonder if that's the reason why the alcohol industry was always pushing against marijuana legalization. Yeah. Uh, wow. I tell you Wouldn't what, that be a crazy coinky dink? That would be crazy, right? Is there a lobbyist from the alcohol industry? What? I mean, I, I, they, I would never imagine they would do that. Ever? No, that would be, that would be disingenuous, right? Of them, it's, so. it's our job to fuck people up. Yeah, damage their internal organs. Exactly. You can't, you can't do get not in there. Deny us that. So, but no, I've slept, I've slept like a baby. I mean, I think I've slept so. For baby sleep like shit. That's a stupid term. Yeah. I don't know where that sleeping like a baby thing came from. That's <laughs> true. Wake five goddamn times a night, up to four a.m. Sometimes. Like a baby. Oh, so you woke up like every two hours for the last fucking 
you know, for, for the entire night. Is that what we did? I don't know who said, came up with that, (laughs) that phrase, but it's awful. Yeah, no, but I, I like, I gotta say like two nights in, I I took the CBD and I did sleep better that night, but I tell you what, the next night I took the CBD, took, you know, uh, another strain to help with sleep. And I slept, um, I didn't even wake up middle of the night. Usually I wake up just to kind of roll around, maybe go to the bathroom you know, whatever. And it's just kind of like, I slept straight through the night. I was like, I, I haven't slept, lay down and slept for like seven or eight hours straight in a long, long time. Like my sleep's always been broken up. Cause I remember you always would have some sort of thing you would try. Like I remember that sleep GH stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, some would work, you know, the Valerian worked the best for me. <clears throat> Valerian steel. Valerian steel. <laughs> Uh, tea helps the sleepy time helps, but you know, while it helps, I mean, it's still good for the first half of the night. And then the second half of the night would be like just fucking tossing and turning. Now this shit, I'm out. I go to sleep. I'm out. You know, you're not hearing anything from me. That's a beautiful thing. So there you go. Mario's tips for sleeping a little bit of CBD, a little THC and sleeping like a non-baby. Like, look at the benefits of CBD. Like, why wouldn't you want to take it? People take vitamin C for everything. Why would you? Well, you know what? It almost seems too too good to be true when you look at all the the evidence. And yeah. people talk about it. And of course, you have people like, yeah, man, CBD is the best. And people can be turned off by the people who are saying it. But yeah. dude, man, you give that stuff a try. I mean, I can't believe what a difference it makes. Hey, I believe in CBD. I believe in the fish oil. I believe in CoQ10. Like there's, there's stuff that you gotta, you know, you should be taking, you know, depending, especially too, like if you're on certain meds, there's, there's stuff you should be taking a nootropic. That's the other thing, you know, something for the mind. I take fish oil and glucosamine too for my joints. Yeah. Again, I don't know if it's a, like a psychosomatic thing, but I, I seems to be working. Yeah. I feel better when I do take it. Fish oil, they they've proven it's it's supposed to be really good for you. Sammy's good too. What's that? Sammy, have you ever taken that? Sam E. I've heard yeah. of that. It's good. It started out as like something to take for joints, and then they found out, hey, this does wonders for your mood too. So it's joint and mood. So you take it, and actually, it helps with mood a lot. Like you feel really kind of nice and balanced with it. Oh wow, Sam E. Yeah. It's been out for a long, long ass time. But like I said, everybody was taking it for their joints and they were like, hey, you know, I'm in a nice positive mood. And they did like, it was kind of the same thing they did with marijuana, with uh, cannabis is it's because, because they didn't, nobody researched it. They did it by like result that people were reporting and they were like, hey, you know, it was proven to help with joints, but then everybody was reporting these positive, you know, happiness and uplifted mood and stuff like that. Um, and then they started doing studies on it to see, Oh, it does help with, with mood or it's been proven. So I don't know. No, nice. Everybody has their opinion about it, but the, I, I forget to take that every day because they have these, like they're in these little blister packs and I guess the way they make it, it's very like, it'll almost start melting. Like it's just weird. Hmm. They have in the blister packs. So sometimes I forget to take that. If I take that. I take, uh, I take a bunch of shit. Let's put it that way. Nice. It's all medicine, supplement, you know, prescriptions or supplements. Yeah. Hopefully with the uh, CBD and other stuff, I may be able to get off of some of those prescriptions. See? Yeah, seriously, right? Thinking. All right. Well, that wraps up the Gondola. 
Let's go to Ski News. So we're in mid-July, but there's still always a bit of ski news out there. One thing that was a little bit disturbing and unfortunate, Whistler Blackcomb is removing the Hortzman T-Bar due to climate change. Mm. Following years of a dwindling snowpack, Whistler Blackcomb has removed the T-Bar on Horstman, I guess. Horstman Glacier. The move comes as no surprise to locals and visitors alike who have witnessed the alarming recession of the glacier over the past two decades. Once a mecca for summer ski camps and off-season training, the undeniable effects of warming temperatures have left the Horstman Glacier a shell of its former self. Longtime operation Camp of Champions closed its doors in 2017, announcing the glacier had become so plagued by meltout they couldn't feasibly build the terrain features they hoped. Hmm. Oof. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last podcast with the sheets they're putting up uh, on the, in the Alps there, trying to cover up their glaciers. It's, I mean, what can you really do? You know, it's not like we can, uh, like, what yeah. can we actually do? It's, this is the planet doing this. Yeah. I think we could send up a rocket with a big, like, umbrella. Sheet, big umbrella, shade out the sun for a little while, like maybe two days, three days, 10 days, however you want to get really cold and then unshade it. Boom. We're back to normal. We're back burning. We're, I'm back burning my garbage in the street. <laughs> It's almost like a at the end of summer, like the summer fall equinox, the autumnal equinox. It's just two days we put an umbrella up. Yeah, just block you know, it out. <laughs> so, have you seen the movie The Purge? Right. Eh, I haven't actually seen it, but I know what it's about. I mean, so the premise of it is pretty messed up. Like once a year for the one day, like no rules, anything. purge like bad people and discrepancy you know people that were disgruntled like purge that out of everybody's mind so that we don't have any crime during the year so while that's a good idea um why don't we do the same thing with quarantine why why isn't everybody quarantined for a while why don't we shut out you know put the umbrella on for that time well so think about it. we go into quarantine and we go into you put the umbrella so we go into like darkness for like a week, three weeks, whatever. And then we all come out and we do the same shit that we always do. Just saying. So I think we would need a prominent skier to be a major head of a country. Yes. So why can't we get like Tommy Moe to run for president? Hmm. Well, you know, we could probably install Tommy Moe as a dictator. <laughs> In some and country, Tommy Moe is addicted, like the head of Andorra. <laughs> we'll take over Liechtenstein within a week. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna annex a part of Austria, perhaps. And it could be the the head that's there. Right. We just make up some shit, annex something, and then that's it. It's uh, like Pretoria for a Family Guy. <laughs> I, I love. I can understand the New York Post headlines like. Local government mowed over or something. Oh. Like that. <laughs> opposition, taking, opposition mowed over. He's not taking this stuff any mo. <laughs> <laughs> no mo, he says. 
Uh, <laughs> that would be the opposition. No mo. <laughs> no mo. <laughs> uh, we could be the campaign guy for you, Tom, if you're listening. <laughs> right idea, guys. Right idea, guys. We, we come up with the good shit. We'll pass it off to your, uh, your idea people that make it happen. <laughs> we just got to figure out who his vice president's going to be. Uh, Johnny Actually, Mo. a dictator, I guess. Oh, Mo. I think as a dictator, you have no one else, right? You just kind of, you're just you. You're just you. <laughs> just you. Yeah, talking president, vice president, Tommy Mo, Johnny Mosley, Tommy and Johnny Mose, the Mose. So think about it. Let's say Tommy serves his two terms and has to go out. Just keep voting for Mo. Like that's it. And it just keeps people that don't even know what they're doing at the at the ballot box just voting for the same person. And unfortunately, one of them gets shot. There's a Mo assassination. Mo assassination. The day of mourning. The day of moaning. Day of moaning. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, I <laughs> mean, it's a mo session. It's, I mean, it's horrible, but it kind of writes itself. It's beautiful. Oh, uh, even even if the finance does really well, we're not in a recession. We're in a mo session. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has legs. This this really could. Uh, I think we should. I think we should really reach out to our friend Tommy and see if we can make this happen for him. I'm going to have, after this podcast post, we are going to have to reach out to them and be like, hey, what's up? Hey, have you thought about being a dictator of a third world country? By the way, uh, <laughs> on your list of dreams, in case you haven't heard, we know Tommy Moe is probably at some card game somewhere in quarantine, high stakes table. He's probably got a private underground indoor ski resort. <laughs> Ah, that would be great. And speaking of which, speaking of which, the snow zone in New England, uh, which is New England's largest indoor real snow resort. It's not New England. It's old England. It's the original OG England. Sorry, the OG England. So there, we are delighted to it. Do I have to do a British accent? Because I can't we pronounce prefer that. if you did. Snow zone, Milton Keynes, and Castleford will be reopening on the 3rd, August at 12 p.m. Bookings for Main Slope passes. So they're basically opening um, on the 3rd of August. So I'm what, so what I want to know is they're saying largest indoor real snow resort. So do they just do this when it gets cold and they just do this in England because there's no hills there? Like what? Well, they have those plastic indoor places there. And this mm. one actually has snow, kind of like how, how big nice. snow in New Jersey has it. Yeah. Well, so it's good sign that they are. See, they have dry slope and real snow. So when they say real snow, it's snow made snow. Same thing as big snow, big snow. Okay. It's that, it's that British to English conversion that gets me. Yeah. But there's all kinds of extra U's in there. Oh, not only that, they, like they phrase things differently. Like they have the Milton Keynes real snow, Castlefield real snow, ski zone, dry slope. I'm like, what is, are they indoor or outdoor covered? So it's good to see that this is what's happening in Europe because um, 
you know, if Europe was still staying shut, shut in, like you, you kind of wonder what does our ski season outlook look like? So, well, we talked about it last week and, and people keep trying to figure it out because every, every podcast we're a week or two closer to the season. And so many questions still remain. One company, unfortunately made an announcement today July the 17th, the folks at Rome, R-O-A-M, they're a robotics company and they have created this exoskeleton knee support system. Things are awesome. It's really cool. And unfortunately, they posted an update saying that, you know, the pandemic has had real consequences. And unfortunately, with the uncertain context of COVID-19, we have made, we have had to make the hard decision to temporarily pause our investment in the Elevate ski product. Regretfully, this decision means that we will not be producing the device that were pre-ordered, nor will Elevate be available for rent this upcoming 2021 winter season. We understand that this news will likely come as a surprise, and please know that no one is more disappointed than us. You know why? The military bought it. I guarantee you. I wonder. So, I mean, the one fortunate thing they did say, and they said, if you have a deposit, it'll be refunded in the next 48 to 72 hours. And, you know, one positive is they're saying they are pausing their efforts on the Elevate Ski product, not canceling them. Engineering team will use the next months to work on Ascend, our everyday orthosis, and further refine our technology platform with the singular goal of making all future Rome products better. We are uncertain about when and how Elevate will be seen again. We are certain that this pause will extend until COVID-19 situation is fully under control. Now, we had some uh, some fans of the podcast go out to Big Sky. That was our, our boy band crew. Yeah. And they were saying one of the guys in their crew had, uh, I forget if he had knee surgery or blew out his knee, and they had that that Rome elevate that oh, they did sweat. And the guy, you know, against doctor's orders is like, dude, I got to try it out. I don't want to miss out on skiing. Yeah. And it was awesome. Like a total game changer. Yeah. And you know, you love to see where like they come out with technology to help, you know, people that have, you know, conditions, whether it was, they were born with a, uh, with something or something happened to him after or an injury or an accident, you know, it's great to see products that come out and people paying attention to it. Cause I think it was, you know, I gotta say it's only in the modern time, like, you know, years and years and years ago, it wasn't even focused on now. It's like, Hey, you know, there, there's some really cool products and technology that have made lives better for people. So it's good to see this, man. And this is the thing I was planning on tested and being out there in a couple of years when my knees are so shot, I'm going to need this product to even ski and at least another 20 years, boy. God damn it. Everybody's got to worry. I'm closer to that. Let's put it that way. But yeah. I say that Rome thing, I'm skiing till I'm a hundred. At least at least 112. Yeah. 113. If I hit one, one, that's my, my number. I'm done. That's your goal. Happen out. I'm not skiing past 113. I'm skiing towards the light. 
Just launch it off a cliff, right? At that point. Double backflip into the light. That's right. Well, the dark, whatever, you know, whatever is waiting for me. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, I think we all are just getting fed up and upset and just this whole COVID thing is really just driving us all mad, unfortunately. And this is just another consequence of this situation. We kind of had a very loose main topic. I, I don't know. I'm, I've been in a weird place the last kind of month or so. I've uh, had some family issues and again, I don't want to get too into it, but uh, my father passed away just recently and it's, it's kind of, it's kind of put me in a, a weird spot. You know, we had a, a good relationship, but an interesting relationship like all fathers and sons. And, you know, it's, you, you look at the world right now and you look at people bickering over all this shit, you know, you go onto Twitter, you, you go onto Facebook, you see everyone infighting and you just wonder what is happening in their lives right now that this is really that important, you know? Trump is an asshole. Trump is a hero. You know, like everyone is just, everyone is so divided online. And like you said, you know, this pandemic, this lockdown, this, you know, eventual rioting, like this all seems like we've all been set up. Like, I I don't like, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but. Oh, I am. But doesn't this all just feel a little set up like a year of an election like everything just seems to be kind of almost masterminded to to just create absolute chaos yeah i mean i don't want to even get into all the conspiracy thoughts i have but there's a lot of shit that that just going on like for the past well now you're talking three and a half years you know since we had a new president there's been you know, a lot of stuff going on, whether it's overseas in, you know, um, in, in country, the trade war, we got financial stuff going on. So there's been a lot of crap in play. And I think the, you know, the whole pandemic too is like, you know, if it did come from China, it didn't come from China. Like did China set it on people? Like, I don't know. There's all these theories, you know? So I don't know. At the end of the day, you look around your place or you look at your family or you look at the people you love and you say, okay, is the angry TV that I'm watching for three hours a night getting all wound up about the world as important as the family that's sitting right near me? I think that's kind of one of the things you you say, right? And, And you remember, you know, the people that have touched your life and, and, you know, it's, it's good to, to keep things in check, but yeah, we just, you know, the news, the media, social media, it's just finding ways to make us enemies with each other. Yeah. When most of us are really kind of in the middle together, maybe skewing a little bit left and right, small standard deviation, but we're, we're all kind of, I think pretty similar in what we're looking to do. We're all looking to have a meaningful work experience to have a family to take care of our family and to have some fun when you look at people's core objectives i think that's most people would would feel that way yeah but now somehow we've found a way to nitpick and 
criticize and whine and complain and bitch about every single goddamn thing. You know, and it's it's really unfortunate because we we live in an amazing place in America. In well, <laughs> let's let's say like, time, right? 2019 America, amazing. The technology we have, the uh, the ability to access food and healthcare, but yet we we still find things to complain about. I get it. It is what it is. But I saw a fantastic quote, and I wanted to just share it. It says, "America is not divided by race, color, gender, or sexual orientation. America is divided into people and fools, and fools divide themselves by race, color, gender, or sexual orientation." And yeah. I read that, and that was fantastic. You know, it's like, why why are we? finding so many ways to nitpick and complain and bitch and hate each other when really we're all just trying to get by and we're nothing's perfect. We're not in a perfect spot. We should be working to make things better where they can be, but no one is focusing on anything positive right now. The only thing we focus on is negativity and what's splitting us apart. And it's only making the rift greater. I know, you know, in my town here, you're starting to see all the, the Biden flags go up or signs and the Trump flags and signs. And really neither of those fuckers are going to care about you. You know, you put up the sign. Great. They don't, they don't give a shit about you. And it, all it's going to do is make neighbors dislike each other. Yeah. But that's how we, we're just, we're, we're have this team mentality. I got to be on my, this is my team. Or this is your team, you know, like same if you were a Yankees, Red Sox, you know, same kind of thing. Well, it's been divided by team because now there's this, you know, while they, while everybody wants to stop bullying, that's what's going on everywhere. So if you say you're a Biden supporter, you get heckled. If you say you're a Trump supporter, you get heckled. If you say you're an other supporter, you get heckled. So it's like, you can't win either way. Everybody wants to be, you know, voice their opinion, which doesn't always have to be heard. And bully somebody else because they think their opinion is right, and that person doesn't know how to how to come to the come to the correct conclusion that everybody should apparently see. Well, if we all thought that way, then we would have some pretty horrible things going on in our world. Not you know, not just our country. So I think that's why people have to, you know, listen to each other. You know, whether whether you're on the you know whatever side of the fence you're on whatever side of the cube you're on. Cause maybe there's not two sides. There could be multiple sides to stuff like listen to everybody else and, and listen, listen and understand that people aren't always going to agree with you. And yeah. it should be fine to be that way. It, it doesn't be that we all have to hold hands and believe in the same thing. We cannot believe in the same thing and we can still get along. We can still be good to each other. Yeah. And that's what people got to realize, you know, and you know, I know a couple weeks ago, one of the criticisms we got was regarding our our take on the whole Squaw Valley rename thing. And you know what? I'll be perfectly honest. Maybe we didn't have a great argument. All I know is we did a hot take on it. And I actually reached out to the most liberal person I know that I actually <laughs> can spend time with, my sister, and was talking to her about it. And she was telling me how stupid and wrong I was about it. And I took what she said with a grain of salt. I'm like, okay, I see where we're going there. But one thing that I, I don't understand, and she, 
you know, she lives out in Boulder too, out in Colorado. And she was just talking about how a squaw is, is, you know, what they would call the Indian women, Native American women, you know, it was a derogatory term. That may be so at that time, but certain words over time change their meaning. Well, you know, the it's, other thing it is a derogatory term, but also yeah. the, the Native Americans, they were on the losing side of history. The Europeans that came over, they had a advanced technology and took over the land that is America now. Sucks for them, but you know what? That same innovation that provided modern technology for warfare also probably led to television, telephones, computers, highways, cars. And we it's so easy to cherry pick and look at the Native American way of living as this magical, majestic, close to nature way of life. But they were they were had warring factions too. They treated their enemies way crueler than we ever did. And it's like you can't yeah. just go back and change history and think and, and not look at any of the positives that came from potentially negative circumstances. Yeah. You can't change what happened just because you want it to not have happened. You know, like Hey, it happened. We were brutal. Look at history through today's lenses. Yeah. But I mean, you go, you go throughout time and there's been the same stuff has happened here has happened everywhere in the world since the beginning of time. It's just, it's just what it is. I mean, you know, understand what it was and, and I don't know, you got to move on at some point. Revisionist history, you know, and you know what? I fucking hate this pandemic so goddamn much because we are talking about this and we're not talking about enough skiing shit. Yep. You know, this is how we've just been. We should be talking about what are we were going to go? What's the plans? Who's doing new upgrades? Like we're all talking about goddamn politics. I'm not qualified. We're not qualified to fucking talk about it, but everyone's got to have a goddamn opinion. You know, Well, think about it this way, right? So you turn on the TV, right? Usually you either want to see the news or watch something for enjoyment, whether you want to be scared, when you want to be, you know, want to laugh, you want to drama, whatever it is, right? So you turn on the TV for entertainment slash enjoyment, or you want to get information, right? So now you get the news and there are a lot of people are turning on TV just to watch the news. And it happens in this household because there's constant putting on of the news, which I just hate watching the news in general, just because, but local news is actually funnier than like national news. So well, in Florida, especially, oh, they're talking about the weather and this person hanging out. Like it's, it's, it's funny as hell. Um, and then I put on national news. I'm like, Oh my God, the world's going to end. I'm just going to, it's all doom and gloom. But yeah, think about, think about what you get out of your news. Like when, when you listen to the news or you consume some kind of news, right? Right now, there's not a lot of, laughy, funny shit going on. Now, if you cruise YouTube and you're looking for videos or TikTok or whatever, you find like a lot of humorous stuff. But if you're looking for a news outlet, there's not a lot of good, fun news. And it, it, it it's the same across all outlets, right? So there's something to that. When, when people aren't getting their own news, look at the source on all the news you get, right? It's usually Gannett or um, AP News or, you know, so everybody's taking the same story, the same information and disseminating as if it's their own, but you're basically getting information from one source if you look at it. So it's kind of, you got to look at your sources, uh, maybe not for everything, but 
TV, the news is trying to push their own agenda and sell advertising, which is what everybody's trying to do in media, sell ads. So keep that in mind as you're watching, as they do the teaser and they're like, well, we'll tell you how your morning commute might end up where everybody in the world dies more after this message. Right. And then you go to, they cut to a message. That's that, that little teaser that they give you. That's bullshit right there. That's trying to work you to get their advertising done. Just saying. Well, just remember too, in social media, if you're, if the platform is free, that means you are the product, all the information, the data, everything you're consuming, there's an algorithm that's making sure you get more of what you click on, what you interact with, what makes you angry, which makes you happy. That's just the way these algorithms are set up to work. Well, now it's even moved from that to, oh, we're going to track coronavirus for you. What's your cell phone? Oh, great. We have that data. We'll tell you if you were in contact with anybody that corona. Yeah, that's kind of freaky. They're talking about doing tickets like that now. Oh, really? Yeah, where you check in and they get your phone and they get the location info. So for two weeks, if you leave a certain zone, they give you a a ticket. That's what they're thinking about. This is creepy shit. Yep. Black Mirror, man. We're in a goddamn Black Mirror episode. Yep. What's the the one, the white bear? That's the one. Oh, that was awesome, yeah. That lady in the beginning. Oh, it's creepy. The best part of that is they did that as it rolls out. You don't know what's going on until the very end. Yeah, that was really well done. Yeah. See, and we didn't spoil it for anybody, which is nope. good. Nope. We said a bunch of shit to get you hooked in. And then I think it was season two, right? Season two? I think White so, Bear? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, there was a, a story too, kind of related to all this that was in the Boston Globe a few weeks ago. And it says the pandemic has people re-examining their lives and some don't like what they're seeing. And they used the example of this lady, Kathleen Regan, who was a self-described type A person that she'd soon be spending her mornings in contemplative silence, reading Seamus Heaney, journaling about gratitude and truly listening to the breeze in her Medford backyard. And if they told her that back in March, they said she'd be crazy. Hmm. Once the pandemic hit and the stressors didn't stop coming, there was the virus news which this lady consumed relentlessly. Her daughter was working in a hospital. Her husband felt ill, not with COVID-19. The family's finances were threatened. It was all just too much. And she said, I have to change to survive. The advertising sales manager told herself, and I am going to survive. And uh, she said to herself that she recited the line from Seamus Haney's song. She returned to the poem, she said, because it speaks to her about our connection with the natural and supernatural worlds. And that moment when the bird sings very close to the music of what happens makes people ask the question, if I die now, have I lived the life I wanted to? And they said in this article, for many, the answer is no. Spouses are being left. Retirement's being pushed up. Friends dropped. People are moving to rural spots and strengthening their faith. And those fortunate enough to have a choice are saying no to commuting. I do this thing every year. So around like New Year's, just before New Year's, like kind of around Christmas time. Well, usually after Christmas, between Christmas and New Year's, I do this little assessment of like my life. Like, and I write down goals and shit like that. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in like making sure your goals are in line and blah, blah, blah. But I do this whole thing where I ask myself, like if I were to like, and I do this on a regular, not even just at the end of the year, end of the year, I do a whole like whole planning. It's just weird. It's psychotic. I, I should probably videotape it because it's psychotic. 
But I do ask myself every once in a while, like if I die tomorrow, am I okay with that? And and you kind of think, you know, am I happy? It kind of goes to, am I happy with my life right now? Right. That's where it goes. Like everybody says it to get the shock factor of, oh my God, you're talking about that. But you know, you got to ask yourself, like, am I happy right now? And take inventory of that. You, You should always generally be happy, but if you're not, then there's something going on. Yeah. You know? I know I've talked about it plenty of times on this podcast, but I honestly see myself next year doing this as my full-time job. Nice. Because I have made a couple of financial moves that are going to allow me, or I hope will allow me to quit my full-time job and focus on this because nice. I am, I'm so fed up and sick of doing what I do every day. And you know, I, I don't know how many more signs I could be given that I need to do this to make this move. Yeah. It's bold. Well, it's it's crazy. doing something else for yourself. I mean, you know, you'd be working for yourself. You have to take a risk. You have to take chances in this world. Otherwise you're just going to be on a goddamn green slope your whole fucking life. And then That's look right. back when you're on that giant gondola in the sky going, I should have tried an intermediate. I should have tried a black diamond. Things right. maybe you may think you're being safe right now and safe is good, but safe is, is false. It's a false illusion. Nothing is safe. You have to take chances. You have to put yourself at a little bit of risk, challenge yourself. Cause that's the only way you get better and improve making yourself uncomfortable. So I've been talking a lot of shit, but I've also been uh, taking care of a lot of shit behind the scenes. So this yeah. is my goal. This is my objective. I will find a way to make it happen. I cannot be stopped. I'm a master of my own destiny. Look at that. That's right. So take Preach that, it. deniers. Deniers and liars. That's all they are. <laughs> I've also changed my app rate in case you haven't noticed. I've I have been making a summertime favorite. Like I mentioned, I uh, my father passed and people have been sending us edible arrangements. Nice. And I made myself a filler fruit arita. Nice. What's a filler fruit arita, Brian? Well, it's a margarita blended in with a bunch of filler fruit like cantaloupe and honeydew. Nice. Just chuck it in. Usually I'd go with watermelon, but that's not a goddamn filler fruit. Cantaloupe, <laughs> honeydew, the filler fruits blended up. They are much better in this form than they are standard just being munched upon. Yeah. Well, it is good to munch because uh, I tell you what, I, I got to say I've been eating like two bowls of, of watermelon a day now. Uh, well, then you're not eating cantaloupe and honeydew. But I'm wondering what that does to my system. I haven't been taking note. Like, is that going to like... You're hydrated. You're feeling good. It's going to hydrate the hell out of me, right? Dude, the only thing cantaloupe is good with is to hold a piece of prosciutto. If yeah, I'm not a big fan of cantaloupe. Eh, right? Oh, you know what I had? Uh, just this week, I had dried cantaloupe. I thought it was going to be disgusting. It was actually dried pretty good. cantaloupe. Dried cantaloupe. I was like, I hate cantaloupe as it is. Like, but Remember when people would eat like cantaloupe, like hollowed out with cottage cheese? That's not bad. I don't mind that too, it's too bad. It's not bad, but it's weird. It's better than cantaloupe alone. Why does cottage cheese have so much goddamn salt? Yeah. Yeah, that's weird, right? Really weird. Cheese. Just have yogurt. Yeah, you do yogurt. Just put some uh, some uh, Rice Krispies. Even better, just do pudding. That works. Just do, just do tapioca. Why, why not do pudding? <laughs> so the other day, every once in a while, I get into a, a pudding craving. So I'll just go to the store. I buy the Keebler Mini 
uh, graham cracker pie shells, the little minis. Nice. And then I get a pudding mix. I make my pudding, put it in there, and I just like eat like three at a time. That's what I do. Dude, there Whole thing's a, done in two days. There was a phase I had a bunch of years ago. I would wreck Cozy Shack. <laughs> like those Cozy oh. Shack like tapioca buckets. Oh, you know, the Cozy Shack um, rice pudding. I fucking rice love pudding. it. Yes. I would oh, my God. Those. Dude, I got rice pudding one day and I'm like trying to find new ways to eat it. So I put it on like I put it in a broiler on toast. It was awesome. It was bread. It was rice pudding on bread. How high were you when you made this? God damn. There was no THC involved at all. It's fucked up. Might have been alcohol, but... Dude, why isn't there any freaking like THC rice pudding? I want rice pudding to be like... You got to harden it, right? Like make it firm up and then grill it. And that'd be perfect. Grilled with like a nice smoke flavor to it. Waffled. Oh, waffled would be amazing. Dude, that could be it right there. THC... Rice pudding waffle. Rice pudding THC waffles. Oh, but a rice pudding waffle, dude, right? I have a waffle maker. It could happen. Take a couple more of those tinctures and fire that waffle iron up. We'll see what happens. Shit. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to, (laughs) I'm going to sell out of those things in a, in a heartbeat. (laughs) Oh man. Or you could like batter them and like make a ball out of the rice pudding and batter it and fry it. Yeah. Oh, it's That's like the arancinis, right? The little, the rice ball with the little fried outside. Yeah, I like that, but with rice pudding. Or rice pudding. Well, instead little, of rice, rice pudding. Like a zeppoli, like a little powdered sugar on it. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds really good. But it's if it's too hot, you're gonna get sued by the lady with the cup from McDonald's that burnt a crotch. That's all right. She's gonna want. <laughs> she's gonna want her crotch burning after this one. Maybe they'll fall in her eyes and just burn her eyes out. Possible. Then she wouldn't be in drive-through. This sounds goddamn good. I already want one. It doesn't even exist yet, but I want one. So I had, so for my 40th birthday, I went to the 21 club and they made fresh bread pudding. Mm. That shit was dope. I was like, damn, I had, my mom made bread pudding and it was, it was pretty good, but I'm not a big, I'm a rice pudding guy. I'm not a bread guy, not a bread pudding guy. Uh, This is pretty damn good. I got to say. A French toast pudding. Oh, French toast on anything. So I went over to my sister's the, uh, last week and my nephew, um, he, uh, he was on the scale for autism. So he's, he's, you know, he's got a lot of social issues, whatever. Uh, but he got in this habit now he's 17 and he's growing like crazy up and out. And all he's eating is like cheese, um, chicken sandwiches with cheese on it. That's what he loves. Chicken, you get a piece of chicken, cheese, bread. He's he's fine, right? So I go over to my mom's house last week, and he's there, and he's eating a chicken sandwich with cheese on French toast. I was like, "Why did you take the? Why did you put it on French toast?" He's like, "Oh, that's what she had French toast for." He's like, "I figured I'd try it." I was like, "Is it good?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "That does sound pretty fucking awesome." It's almost like a McGriddle. Yeah, that's right. It's like chicken and waffle, but chicken on French toast. Why not? Chicken like a Monte Cristo. <sighs> chicken on French toast. Right. A syrup on there. That's what I said. First thing I said, did you put syrup on? He's like, no. He's like, no, that would be disgusting. I'm like, what? Or what about like some uh some like uh some maple syrup barbecue sauce? Oh, oh. Or how about some syrup? <laughs> Just syrup. 
<laughs> so not not Aunt Jemima because that's racist. I always do Aunt Jemima butter flavored or Mrs. Butterworth. That those are my two of choice. I used to love log cabin. I love waffles growing up even. So log cabin for a while for um 1976 they did uh I'm sorry. That uh they did all the years from what was it? From and to. It's from the bicentennial. Right? So it was 1970 Six. Six. So they did from 76 all the way up. Um, but I think it was one year they came out with these collectible bottles. I used to eat so much, uh, so many waffles. They were Eggo waffles because um, my mom didn't make fresh waffles. It was like, you got Eggos. It was a freaking, I love Eggos. Um, but I would eat waffles all the time and I would go through so much syrup that I had like the whole collection by the end of the year. It was awesome. <laughs> You also have diabetes now too, right? And diabetes too. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the hidden gift. <laughs> it's so worth it. But they had um, I gotta look that up because it was like a unique they did the log cabin. I think they did either presidents or they did I don't know, they did something. It's like presidential childhood homes. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is Andrew Jackson's duplex he grew up in. Bottle. There we go. Log cabin syrup collectible bottles. Ah, oh, they're rare now. Motherfucker. I threw mine right out. Should have kept them. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Man. I'm I, I forgot what they had on them though. Oh, they had the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses on one bottle. So they were like, they had all different things. I think they had one with Abe Lincoln on it that I remember. Oh, they had a Mayflower one. Oh, man, they were cool bottles. I should have kept them. That's what everybody says. Damn, I should have kept them. Yeah, but I remember how, I remember collecting those damn bottles. I ate extra waffles a few glass. times. Huh? They're actually glass, right? Back in the day? Yeah, they were glass. They were brown glass. Brown glass was very rare. It's like, oh, who's making anything out of brown glass? Look at that. They had, white, uh, they had clear glass and brown glass, and that was it. Don't worry. They're not that collectible. They're going for like 99 cents. And it's sense. After, think about this way. You got it for free with your syrup. That's true. It's big money. Yeah. But Log Cabin was good. I, as a straight syrup made out of high fructose corn syrup, Log Cabin pound for pound the best syrup. So much fructose. Second best with the butter additive flavor is... Mrs. Butterworth. She is definitely buttery and smooth. Oh boy, this one's going for $15.99. Damn. Hold the press. Drum fife flag. So but regardless, you know, we're gonna get through this. I, I guarantee it. We're gonna be all right. We gotta focus on each other. Positives, what brings us together more than what sets us apart. And uh just learn to love each other. I mean, we we already do love each other. Let's just focus on that instead of focusing on the negative. Yeah. Be all right. Here, here. If you want to hit us up, let's keep on podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. Mario, kick us off. Well, one of the things we found was that there is a homeless man making use of Berlin rooftops for shelter. And this is Berlin, Vermont. I so, thought Berlin, Germany initially. And then I, I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> and then I read the article. I was like, oh. 
Berlin, Vermont. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I saw Berlin, Vermont. I'm like, oh, did they mean Burlington? I had to reread. So yeah, it was a, but anyway, so um, there's a specific staples in Cherry Hill Plaza in Burlington um, where people have noticed there's a homeless man uh, using the store to sleep on the roof. So um, they said that there's, you know, they're saying people wouldn't go up on the roof uh, because of the heat, because, you know, those flat to uh, flat top roofs are uh, it's all tar and, and tar paper. So it's like, you know, the, just, it absorbs heat, like all, all the, you know, the asphalt that they put up there, it's like, you know, the sun hits it. It just makes it really hot up there. And they're saying that there's, uh, they got several, you know, first they got a call, um, and they didn't think anything of it. And they heard other complaints and calls, uh, about a man in his twenties or thirties who sets up camps, uh, right up there in the, near the AC units. And they're saying he actually uses the power from the AC unit for, for, you know, if he needs to charge stuff or whatever, I'm like, that's pretty wild if you think about it. So I think he's Batman. He's the Montpelier Batman. You know, it's like one of those like survivor men or, you know, those guys who are out in the, the middle he's of Alaska. <laughs> I mean, really, it's pretty impressive that he's doing this. And you know what? This could actually be like a new level of like backcountry winter ski bum. Backcountry bum. Roofs. Your back yeah. bum. That or it may be Bernie Sanders up there. I don't know. <laughs> you think Bernie's going on a roof? Come on. He's like five houses. That's true. Bernie's not going anywhere. He owns the staples. Yeah, seriously. But maybe he's crazy enough to live on the roof. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I mean, this is such a weird thing, but it's, I love how the one employee is like, I would never even go up there, let alone sleep up there. But honestly, like, think about like the space. And think about how much like space there is up there on the roof, right? You could say every town, the staples in every town has to house homeless people on the top. Like that would be perfect. Well, I know a lot of the the big superstores are trying to find a way to utilize that space. Yeah. And one of the things that I think some of the Walmarts were doing, not all of them, but they were testing out putting greenhouses on top there so they actually grow some food and then sell it in the store which i mean yeah. look like if you you do like a google map and look at the satellite view and look at all that space up there on those massive superstores or shopping malls yeah. well, i mean big cities are doing it on top of the big buildings now too well and small buildings are doing it yeah i mean it's great if you think about so if you think about it like on top of our roofs we haven't put anything like we build these big, gigantic, enormous buildings. And then that last thing, it's like, okay, here's the roof. Here's to keep water out. Maybe a helipad, maybe, you know, a lot of, you know, water towers, some chillers for the AC. And that's it. It's just a lot of equipment up there and really nothing. So, and it's facing the, the sun. So why wouldn't you eventually, I think people are going to say, let's grow some shit up there. If you don't have solar panels up there, you got to be using that space for yeah, growing something. Yeah. I mean, you're in the freaking city. Don't you want any fresh air? Like, really? You know, it's the only way you're going to get it. Yeah. Just grow yeah. weed up there. Grow weed. 
That's what I'm who's saying. Gonna, who's going to bust you? Who can smell it? Who can see it? Hey, if you if you work in this building, you get weed from the rooftop. Everybody's happy about the harvest, right? Perhaps they're already doing that. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I know if I hit the lottery and I set up a company, that's the first thing I'm going to do. We're grown any weed grown on the roof, you guys get to keep. <laughs> That'd be the most profitable roof. All right, and we got one final story here in the good old under the rope section for this week. And that is our friend Banksy. Banksy is back. And he had a new coronavirus inspired artwork appearing on the tube. Ah, that's right. You got to do this in English. That's right. Because the Queen's English. You didn't do the accent properly when we were talking about the indoor ski resort. I might have been. You can't even critique it because it was so horrible. Here comes my terrible British accent. Banksy has returned to the London underground with a piece of encouraging people to wear a face mask. A Would that be where the tube is? That's the tube, right? Tube. A video posted on his Instagram page shows a man believed to be the enigmatic artist disguised as a professional cleaner. <laughs> the accents are like shifting <laughs> all over the planet with each sentence. <laughs> <laughs> he could be seen ordering passengers away as he gets to work, stenciling <laughs> rats around the inside of the carriage. Oh my God, you sound like Igor. <laughs> Master, what can I get for you? <laughs> it's fucked up. I don't know. Transport for London said the app was removed some days ago in line with a strict anti graffiti policy. <laughs> the work called If You Don't Mask, You Don't Get features a number of rats in pandemic inspired poses and wearing face masks. <laughs> I think you, you switch right into like New York, Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn at the end of that one. One rodent stenciled on a circle line train appears to be sneezing. Well, another is shown spraying antibacterial gel. <laughs> the artist's name is also daubed across the driver's door on the train. Damn. So there you go. There's your shitty British accent with Brian. Now, Damn. the best part of the video, at the end of the video, the words, I get locked down, appear on the side of a station wall before a train's doors close to reveal the phrase. But I get up again and Chumba Wumba's 1997 song, Tub Dumping, kicks in. Ah, there we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Wow. Yeah. I get knocked down. I'm up again. Yeah. So this is on Banksy's Instagram page. It's worth checking out. It's pretty cool. He's just, I mean, the balls on this fucking guy. <laughs> just walk on there. I wonder if anybody's going to find his, I, like, so as an artist, right, you want your work to be known, which is great. But at some point, isn't he going to want to take credit for it? Or I, I don't know. Dude, I think he's at this point, like he's so big, like the fact that they just remove it the next day, like he doesn't even care. You know? So you're a famous artist. Do you swim in the circle? You know, are there some people that swim in the circles where they actually have met him or work with him or because usually artists like, like to collaborate or talk to each other. Or at least they know who's who's who in the in the in the art world. From what it seems, right? Yeah. Well, didn't we talk about this a few months ago? We actually looked up like who 
who do they think Banksy really is? And there was like two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make sense instead of being, you know, being one fictitious person out of multiple people would make sense. But then it's more of a movement than, than an artist. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. I mean, I like it. I love it. I still don't officially know who he is. I want to stay that way. It is really cool. So he does these big, you know, his stuff. He doesn't even have to do big stuff, but it like gets a big attention, right? Um, so for some weird reason, I think I had a weird ass dream the other night, and I was thinking of, and I woke up thinking of the artist Christo. Remember him? So he used to cover a lot of shit. You did the bridges. You went to the bridges thing that was in New York when he was in New York. Waterfalls. He did, yeah. Waterfalls. That's what it was. Yeah. It wasn't bridges with waterfalls um but uh so i had this weird ass dream and it was something where this building was getting ripped because there was this wind going and like this uh flag or piece of building was sticking out and it like brought the building down it was weird and then for some reason i thought about christo when he covered the buildings in a hurricane yeah. and the uh, and the stuff that was on the buildings tore the building it's just weird shit i don't know why I think I need to get stencils made up for us so we can like just spray paint our logo all over the place. Oh, yeah. Every scary should have a stencil and then we could start sending it out. We could do like a, um, well, I was thinking we should do it like on the snow. We'll get some like bio, like some environmentally safe spray paint and you can just spray it underneath the lifts. People look dude, down, like, what the hell is that? He's got to go to the office, man. Beats. Beats, beats, right? Beats. It's all red, but it's beats. Beats. Perfect. Beats. beats. Fat beats. Bees and bears. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's too much of the office. We'll get Aunt Jemima, mix it with beets, and then we'll use that. So it'll be an Aunt Jemima form in beet juice. Beet Jemima. That would not be good. That would <laughs> not be considered. <laughs> uh, we would offend too many people. Then we want <laughs> to... Offending on purpose. Let's put it that way. What about Mrs. Beaterworth? Mrs. Beaterworth. What about Beat Cabin? Ooh, I like Beat Cabin. Beat Cabin. It sounds like it could be like a like a club. Where are you going tonight? Going to the Beat Cabin. See, every place should have a log cabin, though. Every ski mountain. There should be a law passed where every ski mountain has a log cabin somewhere on the property. I think that should be... That's part of Americana. Should be part of it. I think we should buy the DIY network. Do it yourself. Yurt construction. So I've been watching that one they have on there, the um the renovation island where the couple is renovating a resort on an island in like uh I forget I don't even know where the island's off of, but it's beautiful where where they are. And it's this rundown, you know. The place is just like there's termites, there's dry rot, there's there's a lot of crap that they got to renovate, and that's why the company, you know, probably left it. They were like it's end of life, or they went out of business, and they were like, you know, nobody bought it, so they're trying to renovate it. We got to do that with ski ski places. That's what I'm thinking. Ooh, that's a really good idea. And there's so many of these old <laughs> ski resorts that are just kind of sitting around there. Flip this yurt, we'll call it. <laughs> flip this yurt. Oh, flip this yurt. 
<laughs> I oh, the other one, uh, yes. pimp, pimp My Ride with Pimp My Yurt. <laughs> pimp My Yurt. <laughs> okay, we got the yurt here, and it's pretty. It's pretty empty. It's just like a teepee. It's just like a tent. I want like some sound in here, and like some TVs out of shit. Yo, dog. I heard you like fondue. <laughs> <laughs> who? Who's the? There was a rapper, right? That that host exhibit. Yeah, exhibit. That's who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, dog. We got a fondue pit right here for you. <laughs> That's right. We got a TV, an Xbox, and a fondue pit. Like what? the fuck and a hookah like a fondue what? cauldron oh you don't put gas in this this is where the hookah is <laughs> <laughs> this is where the bong is oh man yeah that was pretty funny yeah i think pimp my yurt could be <laughs> could be pimp my yurt pimp my yurt pimp my right yeah, like people jump out of like a snowmobile hey we're here to pimp your yurt i already see the t-shirt yeah i think we got to do it like it would have to be international, though. You got to have like some crazy people from around the world doing it. Like, yeah, yeah. pimp my yurt. We could just like go yurt to yurt, yurt to yurt, all over the place. Going for in the Alps, going to the Andes, going to the Rockies. I think what we got to do is we got to target rich people that have mountain estates and say, "You don't have a yurt on it. Why don't we go out and we'll pimp your yurt." And they'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll either put up these dope-ass yurts or we'll just, like, fix up the shitty-ass ghetto yurt that they have out there. We'll go in there and be like, yo, this yurt is whack. <laughs> this yurt is whack. We got to have a smoke machine. We got to have smoke. We got to have – there's going to be guests in there. It's going to be like, yeah, this could happen. <clears throat> I think that could work. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – I hear everyone have like a grow room in there. Like, <laughs> like a cliche. Like, yeah, they put a grow room in every one of these yurts. That's what they do. Oh, this, that's a that's a ski bone podcast one. Yeah, yeah, that's. Mm, it's got I know those guys. Yeah. Does it have a grow room? How'd you know? Like on the phone. Like, how'd you know? <laughs> is the grow room like <laughs> two thousand square feet? They yes, use, it is. <laughs> and they use the bong to heat the fondue. We know how it works. <laughs> How big is your place? It's about a thousand square feet. How big's the grow room? Two thousand square feet. Yeah, that's the ski bums. It's like they do the exact same thing every time. <laughs> Why do they have six seasons of this show? That's right. Dude, it is like uh, the deadliest catch. <laughs> it's it's that's all they do. The same goddamn thing. We could be doing the yurt thing for like 20 years. Like the fast and the furious. That's right. Well, because we got a lot with a yurt. We got like, we could highlight flooring. We could highlight roofs. We get solar panels. The young and the yurtless. Young and the yurtless. <laughs> Restaurant yeah, yurts. You got yeah, bathroom yurts. I'm telling you, the Do It Yurt Self channel could have just a whole series of programs that are yurt related. <laughs> Instead of DIY, it's DIYY. DIY your yurt. Do It Yurt Self. Do It Your Yurt. That's right. We can have just imagine that whole just DIY do your yurt channels a channel full of yurt related shows. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't tune in for that? Channel one, fancy yurt. Channel two, um, gangster yurt. Channel three, uh, summer yurt. We can have a summer yurt on the beach, yanking it with the yurt dashies. <laughs> Yankee yurts. There you go. Yankee yurts. <laughs> Yes, we went back in time and Ron Guidry decided he wanted to build a church in Louisiana. That's right. It's a little weird, but we we worked with him to make it happen. But we did it. 
Oh yeah, you could have like fancy ass like Hampton yurts. <laughs> telling you, I think yurts are the next big thing. I think we got to patent like a yurt system, almost like you know how they have like the little modular prefab yurts. Prefab yurt. It's like the the prefab. Um, which we call it the sheds. You know how they have those. Exactly. Like, boom. Amish, whatever company. It was like Amish. Uh, oh, the shirt. Amish fireplace guys. No, like I know my uh, my mother in law got one of those like Amish like prefab sheds. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I know the I remember the um was the Amish fireplace was the big deal, right? Mm. The electric fireplace you plug in, but it was like nice. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. It's an Amish fireplace with electric that you yes. plug in. How well, not Amish is that? They do the outside. They do the outer wood stuff and somebody else makes it. They do a whole, the commercial is like, makes you want to buy one. I think Rem got one. <laughs> I'm putting Rem has one. He's like, look, remember the Amish? And you know how he explains stuff. He's like, remember here, here's the Amish thing, blah, blah. I'm like, I know what you're talking about because I've seen the no, commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I've seen the commercial. Otherwise, I'd have a whole thing that I got to ask you to. So... I think we can work with Airstream and have like a portable yurt, like a yurt on wheels. Ooh. Well, you got to have the pop-up yurt. That's that's your regular party one. I mean, like everyone's doing the, like the sprinter vans or converting them to campers. Yeah. Like, I think we need like a, like a yurt mobile, like the wiener mobile, but a yurt mobile. Boom. Instead right? of shooting out shirts, we'll shoot out yurts. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a fucking harpoon gun. It says yurt coming your way. Watch out, yurt incoming. We got a yurter. <laughs> Boom! And yurt just appears. She's a tables, cheese and crackers, little fire going. Fondue pit. That would be impressive if we can shoot pit. it out of the air, have it land, and assemble the yurt. Put the fireplace on, cheese and crackers assembled, everything. Boom! Right where it should be, just like the cartoons. Fondue pit heated with a bong, of course. <laughs> honestly before i saw well when i heard about spacex landing that rocket like straight back down like the booster like reverse on the lot coolest thing ever coolest shit ever i thought that was something out of cartoons i'm like that's never going to happen in our lifetime They're so the your thing could happen in our lifetime if elon musk is involved oh I think we uh, Elon Musk branded yurt, yurt delivery X. system. Yurt X. Yurt X. <laughs> yurt X. I love it. Yurt I'm going to patent that tomorrow. Yurt X. <laughs> if I patented and and copyrighted everything we talk about when we say it on the podcast afterwards, I would have a really long list of shit that I'm like, what did we talk about? <laughs> I look at my notebook sometimes. I'm like, what the hell were we talking about? Oh, and I'll circle stuff like patent right away. <laughs> like, and I circle it. Like, <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. I still have I to watch my sales. I saw you talked about that a few months ago. Nice. See, I don't keep my notes usually. I destroy them. I eat them. Mm. Um, <laughs> actually, I shred them and then I eat them as spaghetti. They're really good. Yeah. But yurt X, I like it. X, I like it too. There's got to be different levels of yurts, though. If we're going with Elon, we got to do it just like the Tesla. You got your your basic, your your front wheel drive yurt, your 
double wheel drive yurt and your self driving yurt. Dual motor yurt, yeah. Self driving option yurt. Oh, are we gonna have mobile yurts? Boy, talk about that with the kind of like the airstream. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So we could actually make um a series on Netflix about making meth in a yurt that's portable, <laughs> kind of like an airstream. <laughs> 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 that's a genius idea i don't know why we didn't think about that before breaking yurt <laughs> breaking <laughs> breaking yurt oh uh, see could be a bunch of mafiosos living in new jersey like your your pranos hey somebody walk in the yurt you think it looks like it's a genghis khan no it's hey where's the couple goods i gotta get i gotta sit down yeah let's eat everybody let's eat <laughs> Oh man, the gabagool. Yeah, it's all about the gabagool, right? <laughs> yeah, what can you imagine the yurt if, like, so yurt was Genghis Khan, that was Mongolia. What is that now? Just Asia? Like, what part of Asia? Part of China, right? I mean, Mongolia is still Mongolia. Mon- like, it's not like what Mongolia was. Yeah, but Mongolia is part of China. Right. Well, no, it's still in a separate country, but separate country. I think they're kind of like China's bitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> you're, oh, you're from Mongolia. Oh, that's China's <laughs> bitch, right? China's like, well, have you ever have you ever met someone like, oh, like where are you from? Oh, my, we're Mongolian. No one ever says that. I've never that's met right. a fucking Mongolian. <laughs> I've met someone from every goddamn Asian country except Mongolia. You just say, hey, Brian, here's your new boss at work. Oh, you're from Mongolia. Oh, that's China's bitch. You're just China's little bitch. God damn. Huh, nice to meet you too. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it though. You probably met someone from every goddamn Asian country, <laughs> not Mongolia. I don't know people from China, Japan. I've Korea, heard of Mongolia a lot. Singapore, though. Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. No one. I've never met anyone from Mongolia. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Indonesia. Philippines, a lot of people from Philippines. You know what? I think most of us have Genghis Khan's DNA in us. I know. What do they say? One out of Six or five people? Two. One out of two people. One out of two? That's basically not real. That's my... Unreal. That's lying. No, it's close to like one out of four or five or something like that. Something crazy, yeah. It's like, what has his DNA in there? Like Like, that dude just, yeah. Yeah, that's he just plowed a lot of people. Yep. He either plowed you or he killed you, so... Choose your poison. If you're a dude, <laughs> you're probably banging. You're saying, you're saying, you're saying please kill me. Khan didn't give a fuck. And he goes, vagina, oh. asshole, whatever. I'm yeah. running all this shit. He was a scary man. I read the, I book on tape the, uh, the, the Genghis Khan thing. Uh, what the hell? What the hell was the name of that book? Fifty Shades of Grey. No, it was like the life of, it was like Genghis Khan from like the, uh, the history of Genghis Khan or something like that. Really awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to get like the little woman and the little guy to start like going through my audible, but there's some shit I'm like, oh, you guys wouldn't get that. Like ready player one. They wouldn't fully get like so good and a whole bunch of shit like that. I, I listened to is like science fiction. They would be you like, imagine like Genghis Khan, like in corporate America today, to take him into HR, like every other day, <clears throat> like, we love your, we love your energy, but we just don't like you 
killing and raping your fellow employees all the time. Yeah, but you know what? All these stories that come out in the court cases, these people exist in real life. You know? Yeah. They still think it happens. And that's just this country. We don't even see the shit that happens elsewhere. Yeah, like Canada. I mean, that's a whole other level of porn. <laughs> I'm joking. Genghis Khan. <laughs> but no, I mean, like Europe and stuff like that. There's some rich ass people out there that are doing whatever the fuck they want, you know? Eyes wide shut. Yeah. They're like, you know, corporate, or, you know, corporate. I don't care about corporate. I'm rich. You know? Epstein. Yeah, Epstein. Fuck Island. Fuck out. Well, they're going after the, the girl, right? That worked with them. So named Jizzbag something. Jizzbag. <laughs> <laughs> you would be great for the like the judge. Oh yes, and uh, how do you plead Jizzbag? Oh, I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name. Jizlan, Jizlane, Jizlania, Jizbagia. <laughs> Those people are vile. I have to, the worst thing imaginable happened to them. Well, I, I stay away from the news a lot and I heard part of the Jeffrey Epstein and I'm like, I got to hear more about the shit because I found don't know. her in New Hampshire too, which is crazy. So what happened? Like they were looking for her or? They've been looking for her for a while and they said that she was living up there since at least December. She bought this estate with cash, like over a million dollars. And they, and the best thing was, I was reading an article in the Boston Globe, and they were talking about they found her in this little town in New Hampshire, and her neighbor didn't even like recognize her. Because wow. again, it's giant plots of land and people you know, doing their thing. And you know, the best thing was the neighbor's like, "Yeah, I didn't really know," and makes you wonder like how many other people are just hiding around in this area. <laughs> yeah, like, everyone kind of keeps to themselves up there. Yeah, not everyone's a goddamn little. Uh, little freaking uh, chatty Kathy. And that was the perfect way to move the cops on to someone else so they don't investigate the serial killers they were just talking to. See, that's I'm what happens. surprised she hasn't committed committed suicide yet. Yeah, right? She's like starting to talk about stuff. I don't know. I, I gotta look into it. I hope that stuff filthy, I gotta research. That filthy pig just like just spills the beans. Well, there was a, another girl that came out and said like that girl made her do this like outlandish shit, right? Was that creepy prince? What tells that guy? Yeah, no, but the girl was saying that the other girl that they captured now was running the show for Jeffrey Epstein while he wasn't running it and was making her do like she was like the strong it's like the slum dog millionaire. Like the slum dog. She was like the slum dog. And would like make people do shit. Like yeah. Yeah, I heard part of something on the news and I was like, that's fucked up. Uh, these fucking people they're disgusting yep kids man it's the most vile thing set them on fire in public just let them go free in in public at a time released to the public and a date released to the public just say we're gonna let him go free and you got you know he's out in the world free do whatever you want to do we're gonna let him go in this park at this time but like parents, a fucking warriors, try to get out, bitch. Parents and victims now. Yeah, that's right. Try to get out of the park now, motherfucker. Escape hey, from yeah. escape from New York. That ain't that ain't gonna really happen, Kurt Russell. Come on. That movie, Kurt Russell's gunned down in like two minutes. <laughs> it's a two minute movie. It's a it's not even a short. <laughs> it's a goddamn commercial. <laughs> it's a commercial for Smith and Wesson. That's all it is. Goddamn. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I guess on that note, <laughs> wrap up the old podcast. A nice little, nice little. See, it was a good thing we took that pee break because we could actually have some free thinking going on this last session here. We did that, and the weed helped. <laughs> so did the filler uh, fruitarita. That's right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We got a shop, shop, skibumpodcast.com slash shop. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and our favorite, Untapped Ski Bum Podcast. I am at Ski Bum Brian on Untapped. We are also on your favorite podcasting apps where you can subscribe and rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're also on YouTube, SoundCloud. Check us out. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we have a really, really, really special, awesome interview coming up next week. Coming up. Yeah. So big, big fat teaser. We think you're going to really Big time. Bigly. Bigly, awesome. big time, huge. Tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay for living. See ya.